Ed Robertson, thank you for listening to the special Encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. Our guests will include Emmy Award winning actor and producer Kevin Spiritus. Hi, this is Sandy Hackett. You're listening to TV Confidential. But don't tell Ed any secrets because he'll spill them all like a schoolgirl. <laughs> Welcome back to TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television. Well, we're still in the George Maharis frame of mind. Our friend Phil Grace was kind enough to provide us with a couple of clips from George's appearance with Mike Wallace on the May 18, 1962 edition of PM East. PM East being one of several talk shows that Mike Wallace hosted early in his career, long before he left his mark on CBS as one of the reporters and co-anchors of the long-running news magazine, 60 Minutes. Mike Wallace, of course, passed away on April 8th at the age of 92, and we are going to play a couple of highlights of his interview with George Meharis from May 18th, 1962, as part of a special edition of The Sounds of Lost Television. Earlier this hour, George Meharis told us how he first cultivated his interest in painting while he was a young man in New York. As we pick up his conversation with Mike Wallace, George tells Mike what he might have done with his life had he not become an actor. I think one of the first things I ever wanted to do was go into law. Really? Yeah. Why didn't you? Oh, I don't know. I guess it was a combination of uh, money and uh, things like that. You mean the family didn't have enough to put you through law school and so you decided you'd get out and make a living for yourself? Well, that's the way I started and then, of course, I gravitated to here. I don't mean PM, I mean... <laughs> to show business. Right, right. To Route 66. Right. Are you happy on Route 66? Oh, yeah. Are you really? Yeah, I think I'll be happy for maybe one more year. I think after the third year, it's time for me to go. Because uh, I don't think uh, I don't think playing one part for too long is good for an actor. It doesn't give you the, the uh, opportunity to stretch and do the kind of very things I think actors should be allowed to do. Uh, television has gotten to the point, of course, in my television, it's different because... Uh, I'm not a heavy, I'm not a cowboy, uh, I'm not a sleuth, I'm me. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I took it. And it doesn't give me the chance to uh, do the kind of roles like uh, Exodus, remember? Yes, we, uh, I was over in, uh, in Haifa when uh, they were shooting Exodus, and George was over there. You played... I played uh, one of the Jewish underground, I played uh, a fellow by the name of Yorov. And I remember you were sitting in the lobby of the... Uh, sitting? Oh, boy. And Zion, Zion Hotel, wasn't it? And in you were looking for a, doc- a doctor very That's bad. That's right. Uh, and he directed me to a doctor. <laughs> you want to say... No, <laughs> no, I don't think it's a good idea to, re- to suggest what my ailment was. That, but it was everybody's ailment for about two or three weeks, and it was a... It's very funny. I didn't actually get the ailment until I left uh, Israel and went to London. And I would, went there on the way back to, uh, to the United States, and I was determined to see all the museums I could, and sick or not, I went. Did you? Because I only had four days in London, and I wasn't going to pass up seeing the, uh, the art museums. George, tell me this. Uh, from all I've heard about you, you are not at all, if there is indeed such an animal, the typical young leading man. Even your name doesn't have a manufactured sound. You aren't uh, rock candy no, no, no. Well, tab that, that color. Almost, or... that, that almost happened. Uh, when I came back from Chicago, when I was touring with a vocal group, and I came back and I started working with uh, bands and in little nightclubs, uh, an agent who has now passed away uh, spotted me and thought that, you know, I had a lot of commercial possibilities if uh, I could do certain things. Uh, he didn't like my name. Uh, he didn't like the way I spoke. 
Uh, he didn't like the idea that I was outspoken. He didn't like anything about me, so he suggested... But you could make it if? If. I could make it if he could pull the strings. Yeah. So they got me a new suit of clothes. Uh, they got me a new name, Greg Martell. Uh, I was supposed to go into an office and say nothing, just hello and smile like a stupid kid. And they would do all the talking. And I tried it for six months. I just couldn't make it. I really felt like uh, like an idiot. Because, yeah, I mean, I'd go into an office and they'd say, uh, well, what have you done? And I'd say, what's it? And I'd just sit there. And they wanted me to sit like this. Get this now, see? <laughs> <laughs> that was the bit, you know? Uh-huh. And I tried it for... Uh, for six months. And then what happened? Well, I went to the agent and I said, look, um, you got the wrong boy. I've got to make it my way or forget it. And he said, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You're stubborn. You're headstrong. You'll never make it. Geez, I wish he was here today. George Maharis telling Mike Wallace how he almost became known as Greg Martell early on in his show business career during an appearance on the May 16, 1962 edition of PM East, the audio of which is courtesy of Phil Grace, founder and owner of Archival Television Audio, the largest vintage soundtrack archive in the world, which you can learn more about by going to www.atvaudio.com, www.atvaudio.com. Interesting note, this edition of PM East aired near the end of the second season of Route 66, and as you just heard George mention, apparently he was thinking at the time of doing Route 66 for just one more year before hopefully moving on to other things. Of course, as it happened, George did in fact leave Route 66 during the show's third season, although not of his own volition. As he told us earlier in this hour, he left Route 66 on doctor's orders after a near-fatal relapse of hepatitis. Also earlier this hour, George told us about the approach he took when he first started playing Buzz Murdoch on Route 66. As we resume his conversation with Mike Wallace, George tells Mike how he got the role of Buzz Murdoch more or less by accident. I was in an off-Broadway show, Death Watch, mm-hmm. of which I, I was the last choice because they wanted somebody six foot five with enormous green eyes and um, four feet two with brown eyes. Yeah. So they wanted somebody like that, and they couldn't find anybody, so they decided they'd take a chance on me. And during the process of the run, Vic Morrow was in it, and people from Naked City came down to see Vic for a part and liked me and offered me the part, and I did it, and the producer, Bert Leonard, saw me and figured I was uh, a good actor and he liked me, but everybody said, uh, it's not commercial, he doesn't smile, you know, he's heavy. Well, that's what the part called for. Mm-hmm. So I didn't smile and, uh, and it went on like that. So then they called me in about a week later and they said, I have a part of a sympathetic southern boy, do you think you can smile? And I said, of course I can smile. So they gave me the part and I did it, and that's how the series came about. They didn't actually have the series at that point, they just yeah. had me. What kind of things interest you, George, besides... Uh Working. Besides work. Besides acting. Uh, well, I think, I think a great joy that I have is painting. I understand you're a very good painter. Didn't you do some? Uh... I did the mural. In the, well, I didn't do it. I was one of the three artists that executed the mural on the Lunfontaine Theater. It's an old movie house on Broadway, about Forty Sixth, I think. It is. You mean you're a professional painter? Oh yeah. You, you could earn your living as a painter if you were. Uh... Oh yeah. But the thing that I like about painting is the fact that when I paint, I control everything in the picture. I don't care if anybody buys it. Uh, I don't care what anybody thinks about it. It's just the way I want it, and that's it. And that's, that's the great pleasure. See, in television, as an actor, you have the producer, and there's the network, and the FCC, and the advertising agencies, and the director, and... So it's not the real you? No, it isn't. It's a conglomeration, and you have a... You but the reward. rewards are considerable. Oh, yeah. 
How do you mean monetary? Yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Ah, oh, well, you know. What do you mean, oh, well? Well, it's the tr isn't that really why you took the series? No. It's not why I took the series. It's not why you took the series. No. Why'd you take the series? I took the series for the main and simple reason that I was knocking my brains out on Broadway, or trying to get to Broadway, and I never got an offer. Regardless of the good reviews that I got in off-Broadway theater, I never got a producer to give me a chance on a Broadway show. They liked me and they said I was good, but I never got a reading. And I, I was just batting my brains out, and I just couldn't get past first base. So uh, what I did is, uh, when they offered me the series, I didn't really want to take it. But I decided this is the only way that I could at least get them to recognize me, and they did. George Maharis, from his appearance on PM East with Mike Wallace that originally aired on May 18, 1962, the audio of which is courtesy of Phil Grice, founder and owner of Archival Television Audio, recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest vintage TV soundtrack archive in the world, featuring more than 15,000 hours worth of audio from more than 12,000 programs from the Golden Age of television. Phil Grice, by the way, first met Mike Wallace in 1999 as a result of archival television audio. He provided Mike with air checks of Nightbeat and Newsbeat, two of the other programs that Mike Wallace hosted before 60 Minutes. And over the course of the next 12 years, Mike Wallace stayed in touch with Phil, both as a friend while also providing professional advice. For more information on Phil Grice and archival television audio, go to ATVAudio.com, ATVAudio.com. Dot com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Jay. It's Moses Black, and you are listening to TV Confidential. We're one of my best friends. <laughs> Ed Roberts, with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on the station at the usual time. Our guests will include Emmy Award-winning actor and producer Kevin Spiritus. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, our friends at the Hollywood Museum recently honored Kevin Spiritus with its Hollywood Trailblazer Award as part of the grand reopening of the museum's annual Reel to Reel exhibit. Reel to Reel offers an historic perspective of monumental LBGTQ plus contributions in film and television that date back more than a century, spanning the eras of silent movies, pre-code Hollywood, the golden ages of film and television, and cable and digital platforms. For more information about the Real to Real exhibit and other exhibits on display this summer at the Hollywood Museum, go to thehollywoodmuseum.com. Also a reminder that Ann Archer stars as Norris Church Mailer in the virtual stage production of A Ticket to the Circus, the one-woman show written by Bonnie Culver and produced and directed by Michelle Danner that is based on Mailer's memoir of the same name. Virtual performances of A Ticket to the Circus will run Thursdays through Sundays throughout the month of June. For tickets and more information, go to eventbrite.com, type in online events and a ticket to the circus, and we'll take you right to where you need to be to order tickets to a ticket to the circus. Ed Roberts, Sebastian Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grace, and Greg Airbar, thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button.
This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.